basically, if someone asked me, is the Enneagram right for me? Like, you know, I could take, I could take Myers-Briggs, I could take DISC, you know, I could do Enneagram. Um, you know, is it right for me? Would it be helpful? I would say an unreserved yes. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Career Brand Story, a podcast that provides expert career coaching every week. I'm Jeremy Tudor, and on today's show, we are talking about the Enneagram. You may have seen or heard people talk about what their number is or hear people talk about different wings and start to look around and think everyone has just lost their mind. But in fact, the Enneagram can be a wonderful approach to understanding yourself more and approaching life more wholeheartedly. I want to welcome our guest. We always have Jeb, ba- Jeb back. Jeb, Jeb back. Jeb back. <laughs> Jeb's That's back. That's your new last name. <laughs> We have Jeb Kraft back with us, commercial photographer and creative consultant, and I'm happy to have my wife and best friend, Christy Tudor, who's our chief of culture and Enneagram guide. I cannot talk today. What is wrong with me? What in the world? It's almost like we haven't done a podcast for a few weeks. (laughs) I know, right? Chief of culture and Enneagram guide um, here with us at Career Brand Story. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing wonderful. I'm fine. <laughs> just fine. <laughs> just just doing fine. Just fine. All right. <laughs> well, I'm super excited about this. I know that Christy has felt nervous about being on this podcast. Um, and I've just told her, just be herself. Um, and she's going to do a great job today and has a lot of information to share with us around the Enneagram. And we've actually been looking forward to this. We've mentioned it a couple of times and um, we're pretty excited. This is one of four episodes that we're going to do. And so today we kind of a bit of a high overview of it. And then in the following three weeks, we're going to dive a little bit into each of the numbers as we go along. Well, Christy, let's just get started. And why don't you, since this is your first time on the podcast, why don't you just start with telling us a little bit about you? All right. Well, hi. Um, I'm really happy to be here. Um, but yes, I'm super nervous. So I decided I would just pretend that we're at a pizza place with Jeb mm. and I'll be fine. Um, I, I'm a mom um, to three great kids. Um, we have a 16-year-old, an almost 13-year-old, and a 6-year-old. Um, and uh, I've been married to this guy for a while. Um, and uh, I grew up in Georgia and lived in North Carolina for about 16 years. And I've called Tennessee home for two. Um, and I, for about 16 years, was a stay-at-home mom and did a lot of church work. Um, and I'm in a transition period um, and started to work here at Jeremy Tudor LLC um, as the chief of culture and Enneagram guide um, for the last few months. And that has been a blast. Cool. Well, so talk to us a little bit about how you first got started with the Enneagram. Um, how has it impacted your thinking? And, you know, I, I get the late night conversations of all things Enneagram from Christy. That's the true podcast we should be recording <laughs> yeah. uh, of what, what's really going through our mind then. But how did you get started with the whole Enneagram thing? So that's a great question. Um, a couple of years ago, I was in a big transition in my life. Um, we were just getting out of ministry and a couple of old friends um, mentioned the Enneagram to me. 
and said that they felt like that might be a really great um, path for me, that I might really connect with it. And they mentioned a book called The Road Back to You by Ian Cron and Suzanne Stabile. And they were right. Um, I completely devoured the book. As soon as I cracked the book, I was hooked. Um, and it was um, just a really, um, really cool experience for me. Um, I was familiar with typology. I didn't know that it was called typology, but it's basically personality typing systems. Um, in the past, I'd done the Myers-Briggs. Um, we did that years ago. And I loved that. That was super fun. Um, it, you know, is an easy test that you take and you find out about your personality and it's fun to read. Um, so I had a few of those experiences in the back, in my back pocket that I, I knew I enjoyed um, finding out more about my personality and how, you know, how I worked. Um, but this system, it was just different for me. Um, as When I began reading the book and really kind of um, introspecting, um, it it was really insightful in a different way. Um, so what made it I, different? Okay. So like with personality systems, um, a lot of it centers on behaviors and those are the things that everybody else sees, you know, like, are you really aggressive? Are you, you know, a great leader? Are you more meek? You know, all of those things. Are you a bear or a shark? Or right. A are you a golden retriever? <laughs> um, all of those things. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm a unicorn. <laughs> so, um, but this, um, the focus with the Enneagram is most on motivations. It's the underlying motivations um, that drive us, um, the why behind what we, why we do what we do. So it's not just, you know, all of the behaviors that everybody sees. It's what, what drives you, what motivates you, um, what, what, uh, what is the thinking um, that guides your decisions um, and all of your behaviors? And um, for me, that was just a really, really interesting um, new idea um, to really kind of delve into. Okay, I I knew my behaviors. I knew that you know I was creative. I knew that you know I'm an introvert. Um, I knew that you know I'm very sensitive. I knew knew that I was an empath. Um, all of those things. Um, but as far as just like my behavior patterns, I didn't have a clear idea as to why I kept behaving <laughs> in the way that I kept behaving. Um, and could you, could you alter that at all? You know, I mean, it's like we make decisions um, and promises to ourselves, you know, okay, you know, I'm going to be more outgoing or, you know, I'm going to change this about myself. Um, but we often find ourselves frustrated um, that, you know, we still, for some reason, keep coming back to the same patterns. Yeah. Did you find that like affirming when you read that and figured that out? Or I've, I found it incredibly affirming and very moving. Um my experience um, was one that's similar to, um, I've heard quite a few people say this about that particular book um, and their experience in finding their Enneagram number through that book, um, is this feeling of feeling deeply seen, um, this idea that uh, you feel deeply understood and known, and almost a little kind of unsettling that someone has like read your mail 
um, or read like your diary or something? Like, how do they know? Like, how how do they know that that's kind of inside what what is you know going on up here? Um, and so, like, I would say for me, it was really um, a really cool experience. Um, I've uh, kind of in my mind felt like uh, it was like coming home to myself. If that makes sense. Yeah, which is a perfect explanation considering the book title is The Road Back to You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had the same experience reading the book. I was I was listening to it um, on Audible on a work trip and I was just, I was enjoying it, but I was like, well, I'm not really this person or, or it was almost that kind of thing where everybody seemed like, oh, that's me. And then he got mm-hmm. to nine and I was like, Oh my God. I got so <laughs> excited and I called Jessica, my wife and like, you got to read this book. Please read this book with me. This is so great. And it, it was, it was the first time I've done one of these typing things that it wasn't just like a novelty, you know, like mm-hmm. I, the Myers-Briggs is pretty spot on for me too, but I've never felt excited about it. And mm-hmm. yeah, so reading that and and finding out about nines, I was just like, oh my goodness gracious, I am unoriginal. <laughs> this person knows everything about me. Well, so what? Ex- let's explain to everybody, like as basic terms as you can do here. What exactly is the enneagram? So what the enneagram is, um, simply, it is a personality typing system. Yes. Um, so similar to Myers-Briggs, similar to DISC, um, it is a personality typing system, um, but it's more than that. It is um, what I like to describe it as an ancient tool um, with modern application. So this has been around for a really long time, and um, it was actually developed, um, and it's kind of across faiths. It's not just out of one faith. It's not just out of Christianity or, you know, um, it's their kind of historical um, references um, to basically being developed, you know, kind of um, across faiths and um, it has roots around the world, um, which I think is really cool. And it also um, has aspects of the science of psychology. Um, So I think that um, it has a really universal language. Um, So it's not just, you know, for people of faith. It's not just for, you know, people of one type of background. Um, I think it's really cool that you could have somebody take the Enneagram test or book, read the book. Um, I said test, which I'll talk about that later. (laughs) Um, I'm not really a fan of actually, but um, you could, you know, have someone explore their Enneagram number in America and, in India and in Japan, um, it really doesn't matter what the context is. It can be helpful for a lot of different people. Um, but it's a very dynamic system. That's another thing that I love about it is that it's not static. Um, there's like movement because there's movement in our lives. We all go through seasons, even through the day. We have, you know, kind of this ebb and flow throughout our day. Um, and so, you know, as you continue to learn Enneagram language, um, it kind of shows you how your personality may deal with stress, how you may go through the day and, you know, deal with the ups and downs of life. So, so I know that some people might look at the Enneagram as the symbol and they might think, 
that's really weird. Yeah. Say. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jeb said it, right? Yeah, yeah like yeah. what kind of witchcraft thing, you know, muju juju is this going on, you know? So what can you explain a little bit about like the actual diagram and how did they come how did they even come up with like why nine numbers? Why, okay. you know, cuz I joke at night with Christy when she's going on and on about the enneagram, eventually I'll joke and I'll be like, "Well, do you know your whisper number?" My whisper number's a 22. He thinks he's hilarious. I'm hilarious, that's, yes. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Real funny, I love it. Jeremy. I love it when he does that. <laughs> yeah. So explain a little bit about the diagram and the nine numbers. Okay. So um, this is another of my favorite books, The Modern Enneagram. Um, I'll talk a little bit later about two of my favorite books. Um, but it has, um, I don't know if you can see it, um, the diagram right yeah. there. Um, but I'll try to explain it. Um so basically, um, it's a circle, and then there are nine points um, on the circle. So the word Enneagram comes from Greek. So it's Enya, which means nine, and then Gramma, um, which is picture. So it's a nine-pointed symbol, basically. And so for each of the points, it goes from nine at the top and then one through eight clockwise um, around the circle. And then there's this, um, there are these lines that connect the points and kind of this unique geometric array um, that's different than the pentagram. It's different than a star. Um, but the more that you learn about the Enneagram, there's a rhyme and reason to um, why certain points connect and, you know, what those mean. Um, but it's funny to mention that um, symbol um, because, you know, it, it has, you know, kind of off put some people, um, you know, kind of a fear of, you know, what does that mean? But I think there's a lot of value in understanding, understanding, you know, what it means, and then it's not so scary. So, and I know we're going to talk in other episodes, kind of um, go through kind of each of the numbers and their identification around them. Um, but so like, I know, and I, this is, speaks so true to my number. Um, I read only the parts I wanted to read in the road back to you. Um, so I'm not as familiar even as you guys are with this, but I know I'm an Enneagram eight wing seven. Um, Jeb, you are nine wing one, which I'll, I'll jump off really quick. I know Christy said we'd come back to talking about tests, but reading the book is how I found my number because taking the test, I always come up as a six and I would say I'm mistyped as a six, which, again, getting deeper, six is the stress, is a nine in stress mm -hmm. for me. So I'm in stress oh, that a makes lot. Sense. Yeah. So I <laughs> yeah. my test is a yeah. six, but I but nine really spoke to me. So again, I'm I'm really advocating for reading about Enneagram instead of just doing a quick BuzzFeed listicle quiz. Yes. So do you always stay, and you are, you're a four. I'm a four wing five. And so do you always stay that number? So um, in Enneagram, there's lots of different teachers, lots of different schools of thought. Um, in my school of thought, um, we kind of come from Suzanne Stabile, and then Hunter Mobley was her student, and then I am his student. Um, and so um, something that she's mentioned before on one of the videos that I watched um, is that your Enneagram number is usually locked in, believed to be locked in around age five. And um, 
you know, there's a variety of reasons for that nature and nurture it combines, um, but it's believed to kind of stay that way. So I will never become a nine. I will never become an eight. Um, I'm a four for life. Um, but there's movement as far as the wings. Um, there's theories. Um, some people really resonate with a wing. Um, and that's, you know, something we can explain later. Um, yeah. But, you know, like I said, there's kind of an ebb and flow. So, you know, you may be a nine, but, you know, there will be, you know, that kind of stress and security dynamic going yeah. on. Well, and again, over the next three episodes, we'll give some highlights of each number, mm-hmm. kind of dive a little bit deeper. But knowing that I'm an eight, Jeb's a nine, you're a four, can you give us like a practical example of like how that would actually play out, you know, in our dynamics? Okay. I like this idea um, of kind of thinking about, you know, we know our friends and we kind of know, you know, their behaviors, but um, sometimes it's tempting for people to, you know, try to guess what each other's numbers are. That's a very common trend right now. Um, but when you kind of start talking about motivations, that's a whole new ball game of like what motivates us, what drives us. We can be doing the same thing, but we have our own separate motivations. So I was trying to think of um, a good example of this. So if you take um, three friends, we've got Jeb and Jeremy and I, and Jeb is a nine and um, Jeremy's an eight and I'm a four. And we decide that we're going to go to lunch and um, we're like, okay, where do we want to eat? And um, Jeremy throws out Pizza Hut. Yes. Well, <laughs> that's an easy one because um, Jeremy and Jeb love Pizza Hut. Truth. They are nom, huge, nom. huge fans. <laughs> so that's super easy. Um, and so with Jeremy, his motivation as an eight is to um, take the lead. Um, he is a leader. Um, he likes to have impact. And he doesn't mind if other people take the lead as long as they're competent. But he wants strong leadership. Um, And so he will probably initiate, hey, let's go to lunch. And how about Pizza Hut? And, you know, hey, um, Jeb, do you want to drive? Or I'll drive. You know, he'll probably finalize the plans. Um, Jeb, as a nine, he's a peacemaker. And so it's an easy win for him to go to Pizza Hut. But if we had kind of thrown out there like, well, do you want to go eat Thai or Indian? Um, You know, he might be okay with those. Um, but he's probably not going to naturally feel the need to fight for, no, I really want to go to Pizza Hut. He's probably going to compromise um, just for the sake of the group. Um, he cares about the friends. And so he's going to look at your perspective like, well, Jeremy really wanted to go to Pizza Hut. So, you know, he's okay to compromise. For me, I'm a four. And so as long as I can go and just be myself, I'm probably fine to go. But if you ask me to go and um, I'm really feeling kind of blah and people start to tell me to cheer up or, um, you know, if there's going to be some other people there that I don't know that want to small talk, you know, I'm really going to be tempted to bail. Um, So, you know, but if I think, oh, you know, I can wear my favorite light bright t-shirt and play music on the jukebox you know, then I'm like, yay, you know, so it, it's just interesting to think about, like, we're all doing the same activity, we're all heading to the same place, but we have very different things going on that are driving us. This illustration explained for me, every Sunday after church, when our group of friends would have to try to decide what we wanted for lunch. Yeah, well, <laughs> for me, 
so the 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 method that Jessica and I often use to figure out where we're going to eat is where would you go if you were by yourself? And she always has an answer and I never have an answer. Because if I don't have somebody else to make that kind of decision, I won't eat. I often You'll just drive around in your car all day. Yeah, I and I'm <laughs> not even exaggerating. Friends. I will often um just be so confused I can't make a decision. Uh, you know, I, I have that, the blessing and the curse of seeing all sides of everything, you know, I'm like, Oh, I'll get tacos, but we're probably going to have tacos later. It's going to make me feel bad. It's not as cheap as if I get this. And so I'll pick the other thing. And then I have plenty of reasons not to choose that. And I'll talk myself out of everything. <laughs> That's fantastic. You need to spin the wheel. Pretty much. Yeah, but then I start questioning the validity of the wheel's choice. <laughs> right. I think I heard a click. I think it's off balance or needs to be calibrated. So what has been the most helpful thing for you in studying the Enneagram and learning about it? And I'd actually like to know that answer from you too, Jeb. Okay. So I would say, I would say that there's two things that are the most helpful for me. Um, the first one is um, it was something that I didn't know that I needed and I didn't know that I was looking for to feel that understood. Apparently a four spends their life trying to feel understood <laughs> and find me meaning. And I didn't realize how much um, I needed to understand myself and wanted, um, you know, to figure out how I could help the world to understand me. And if that was even possible. Um, so the Enneagram, um, finding out my type um, and finding out, honestly, as much as I love to be unique, it was really actually comforting to find out that I was not the only four in the world, that I was not the only one who had that wiring and had those same kind of coping issues and, you know, um, just those patterns. So that was very comforting for me. Um, and I would say the other aspect that is super helpful for me is um, the path of healing. Um, so I had my Myers-Briggs um, for years, but I can't say that it did me a lot of good. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying that other systems can't be helpful. They're as helpful as you allow them to be. Um, but I can't say that I really used it as a tool for moving forward. Um, the Enneagram has given me kind of a path um, to see, okay, these are some of the warning signs of my personality when I'm headed into stress. You know, these are some of the coping mechanisms that I use like just over and over and over again. And um, once you kind of start to see that, um, then you can kind of start to catch yourself like, oh, I'm doing it again. Um, and you can see like a path forward um, to realize like, okay, well, I don't have to spend the rest of my life doing the same things over and over again. Um, I can actually make different choices. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to become somebody else. I'm never going to do life like, you know, Jeremy or Jeb, or, you know, I have a bunch of other friends, you know, that do life very differently. Um, but I can be myself, but a healthier version of myself. Sure. So. What about you, Jeb? What has been the most helpful thing since you've kind of dived into this? I, I feel like um, if we're at this podcast for long enough that there's going to be merch with my face on it that just says ditto. 
Because <laughs> I'm saying that every time we're talking to somebody, yeah, I totally agree with what Christy said. Um, at first, it was the excitement of feeling seen, and that's great. Now I'm in this club of nines, whatever that means. But I think the most helpful was really that, knowing that this is my type and what I'm doing right now is is unhealthy. It's just like, like when I go to my stress, I can kind of see it outside of myself. I can step outside and recognize, oh, this is just the way that I'm like built to respond, but I can choose a different path if I want to. And yeah, so that's, that's really been the most helpful is knowing that I kind of have a choice in this and I can keep myself from going down the path that I'll end up regretting later. Yeah. I mean, I think that my perspective is I read it and I was like, Oh yeah, that's me. Um, and I, I find as Christy and I talk about the Enneagram, probably where it's been most helpful is actually in our relationship because we are complete opposites. Mm -hmm. I'm an eight. She's a four. Um, she's introverted. I'm extroverted, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so, um, you know, my day starting today was, you know, walking to work, uh, doing a video, getting to work, you know, super happy, super positive, super excited about the entire day. And Christie's will be like the complete opposite of that, you know? And so that has been really helpful to me to help better understand how I can be a better friend and spouse to people around me, um, recognizing that I'm an eight wing seven. Um, I find the Enneagram deeply introspective at a whole nother level. Um, and there's probably a part of that for me that I, and maybe this is an eight too, but it's very, that's very personal, mm -hmm. right? That, I probably sit with more quietly than I let on people, let people, let on people. Let yeah. Let I cannot on. talk let today. on to people, let on to people, yeah. let out the let that I let on how, how that's resonated with, with me. Cause I, you know, I teach disc and I love disc. It's really practical. It's easy. It's all about behaviors and you can get people to learn that really fast and communicate faster. Mm -hmm. um, we also do talk about motivations in that, but I think the Enneagram has this deeper, another layer to it and a different approach that really helps you get to know yourself. Yeah. It, it's helped me only when I know what other people's numbers are. And when I take the time to study their numbers a little bit, it's, it's also helped me to know how to hear people. Um, and I, and I don't sure. mean it to diminish them at all, but it's easier for me to deal with something that's stressful for me if I can say, well, that's their, that's their eight talking. That's, that's not their intent. That's just the way they are. Um, not to make any excuses for like bad behavior or anything like that. Um, but it's just, it's, it's helpful to understand, you know, what, what I'm doing and what I'm dealing with. And especially when I look at my own tendencies, to be a people pleaser and a peacemaker and all of that, it's helpful to see like, Oh, I'm really going to be affected when I talk to this kind of person. So I can kind mm -hmm. of bolster my, 
um, my reserves to, to get through that in a healthy way. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, there's definitely self-awareness and then there's social awareness, you mm-hmm. know, how we get along with people, um, you know, even on our team, you know, when we are communicating, you know, like eights, we speak in statements and periods, you know, um, and we sound very sure of ourselves, like that's it. Um, and we may not actually even be meaning that, mm-hmm. but that's how we talk. And so I, I, I get that. It's been helpful for me to realize, oh, I may have just said that as a statement, like it's a done deal. And, you know, gosh, I didn't mean that as a done deal. I meant it more as a discussion. Yeah. <laughs> I actually want to hear people's opinions, but, you know, oops. Um, so I can, it, you know, becomes helpful in that way. Do you think that's to, how Captain Crunch Oops All Berries came to be? It was be. like an eight said, we should just mix <laughs> a box eight. of all berries. <laughs> and everybody else in the room oh, didn't know how to God. stand up for um, themselves. And they were just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Good idea, Captain. <laughs> all the marketing was nines. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's just keep, like, well. keep our jobs today, guys. He says he wants berries. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Oh, man. Well, um, Christy, um, why why would you tell someone to even engage with the Enneagram? Um, so I think that it would kind of go back to a lot of what we've already said. Um, basically, if someone asked me, is the Enneagram right for me? Like, you know, I could take, I could take Myers-Briggs, I could take DISC, you know, I could do Enneagram. Um, you know, is it right for me? Would it be helpful? I would say an unreserved yes, um, pretty much across the board. Um, it, like I mentioned before, it doesn't matter um, your gender, your orientation, um, your spirituality. Um, it really doesn't matter. It can be incredibly helpful. And there are so many resources out there, um, you know, dependent on, you know, where you're coming from. Um, so, you know, I would say that in my own personal life, I've seen um, such growth and healing from self-awareness and introspection. Um, And I would say that, you know, it has helped my relationships in so many ways, not only my marriage, um, parenting, our kids, um, to, you know, understanding my family. Um, So it it increases that social awareness. Um, So I would say that, you know, regardless of how, how far you want to go. Um, not everybody has to, you know, study, you know, and go into a cohort or, you know, read books and books and books. Um, but, you know, even just a basic understanding of the Enneagram and your type can be really helpful. Yeah. And um, you've been studying this for how long? I would say several years. Yeah. And then this last year, this, this current year, you're doing a year-long cohort uh, with Hunter Mobley. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we'll be in Nashville next week um, for her to spend a couple of days um, with the cohort going through that. That's um, such very a Very cool in-depth. Yeah. yeah, it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's a cool guy, too. Um, so, um, so not everyone's going to go to that level. But where, where would I start if I just want to understand the Enneagram? I want to know my number. Yeah. What do I do? So a lot of people ask, what test can I take? Um, And I usually cringe just a little bit just because, um, you know, some things are, you know, very testable. 
Um, you know, and there are tests out there. There's $12 tests you can take. There's $120 tests you can take. Um, but I would say that the Enneagram, um, it is a, well, for me personally, I really enjoyed reading a book. Um, because I think a book, it takes time and it's something that you can do quietly. Um, and just really, I like to watch the movies. (laughs) Is there a movie? He always says that. So, um, it's a Jeremy Jeremy. And if they did a movie with the Enneagram, like I would be like, man, I love the way they've done portrayed the eight. They've really done the eight really well in this mm-hmm. movie. Everybody else. <laughs> or you would hate it. Or I'd hate it. They should just cast me. You That's... would hate it. You would say they got it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I would say that that would be my first recommendation would be a book that you could kind of read through. Um, but it's definitely something that is helpful to go through with someone. So whether you have a significant other that will be kind of kind and honest with you or a good friend, um, a mentor, a coach. Um, What's your favorite books? So my favorite books. Um, so I don't have the, the book jacket. Sorry, guys. Um, but it's The Road Back to You by Ian Cron and Suzanne Stabile. That's my favorite. Um, I will mention that it's faith-based. Um, so that if that is not where you're coming from, um, I do have a second re- recommendation. Um, it was a new read, um, the modern Enneagram. Um, and I don't know how to pronounce her last name. It's Casey Burgeff. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know either. Bur- Casey Burgeff. Burgeff. You want me to give it a try? E-R-G-H-O-E-F. No, honey. You guys want me to try? <laughs> no, that's okay, Jeremy. And and also by Melanie Bell. Um, and this one um, is not necessarily from the faith perspective. There is a small paragraph on spirituality in there, um, but it's very inclusive. Um, so this is a, another great one. Um, the first one, The Road Back to You, um, it kind of takes you through the nine types and it has a checklist at the beginning of each chapter um, where what it feels like to be a one or what it feels like to be a two. Um, So that's super helpful. Um, The modern Enneagram has great artwork throughout and it has a great section on work and relationships, which um, was really fun to read. Cool. Um, And I forgot to plug her at the beginning. Um, So I want to do that now, but this is really cool. Um, Christy found this artist in Atlanta that she really loves, Lauren Phoenix. And Lauren actually created these cool prints for each number. Um, if you're on YouTube, we're going to flash them up on the screen so you can kind of see them. And we'll flash them up as we go through the episodes. I don't know if you just want to show one of them just okay. to show what it looks like. All right. You have to I'll go show the them. nine. How about that? We'll do the nine. Yeah, All right. That sounds great. As long as it doesn't um, make So if you're, on, if you're watching YouTube, you can see this. Um, and we're going to have this on our Instagram at Jeremy T. Tudor. But um, what's really cool, um, we got these nine prints. Christy's going to hang them in her office here. Um, but what was really cool is um, Lauren um, is giving a free giveaway through us. Yay. And um, so we'll talk a little bit at the end how you can maybe win a print, two prints. Um, so stay tuned to the very end and, and we'll give you the details of that giveaway. Um, but she's a really cool artist. Super cool. Yeah. Um, we're going to again talk the next three weeks. We're going to hit the different numbers, kind of the highlights. And um, so I hope everyone will kind of tune back in. This was really informative, Christy, and um, great information today. Thanks. I enjoyed being here.
So we're coming up on the end of the year and you know what that means. Performance reviews are coming up. If you're in a company that does annual performance reviews, you might be in the middle of it. And anytime that word comes up, you may think, oh, I really don't want to do this. No matter how well your company does performance reviews, you still owe it to yourself to take some time and look at what you've learned as well. What are your goals and your priorities moving forward? So here's a few things as we end this year for you to consider when reflecting on your own performance. Perspective. Where are you today and where do you want to be? Priorities. Which of your perspectives and behaviors need to change? Pace. How's your calendar going to change and be different going forward? People. Evaluate the intentional relationships in your life where you want to invest your most thought, time, and energy. Practices. Which specific changes are you going to make at the beginning of the year? And then your potential. What are those keywords that are going to drive you towards your potential? It's important to think through your performance intentionally so you can realize that things that aren't serving you that need to stop and the things that are serving you well that you need to continue on into the new year. If you know where you are, you can have a better understanding of what you need to do in order to get where you want to go. You can head over to our website and sign up to our email subscription and download our performance tools PDF today and keep thriving. Are you looking for some custom creativity to incorporate into your spaces? Whether you need some inspirational art for your home, office, wedding, or event invitations, look no further than Lauren Phoenix Design. Lauren Phoenix is an Atlanta-based visual artist and illustrator. Lauren sells prints and digital downloads of all kinds, including a whole series on the Enneagram. In addition to illustrations, Lauren Phoenix also offers custom jackets, branding, t-shirt designs, tattoo designs, and more. Her inspiring work can be found online at laurenphoenixdesign.com. All right, Christy. So it's your first time on the podcast, and we ask everybody for the first time when they come onto the podcast the same question. What do you want to be when you grow up? So I told Jeremy before, um, I would like to be Hunter Mobley, but without the beard. Um, but seriously, um, he, he's a great teacher. Um, so the Enneagram is my passion. Um, so I, I love it. And I love helping people um, find their number, um, kind of work through one-on-one um, what that means um, so that they can be a more free, more whole version of themselves. That's awesome. But thank you again so much for coming on. And I'm really looking forward to the next couple of episodes with you. Thank you. All right. So here's how you can be a part of this giveaway by Lauren Phoenix. I'm super excited about this again. Head over to my Instagram at Jeremy T. Tudor uh, to enter an amazing giveaway from Lauren Phoenix Design. Um, and uh, you'll see a post there. We're going to put all the instructions and also make sure you go and um, follow Lauren as well. But Lauren's going to be giving away two amazing Enneagram digital prints, um, one for you and one for a friend. Um, They're truly incredible pieces of art, um, which have the power to remind you of your strengths and the beauty of your personality type. So be sure to enter before it's over my Instagram at Jeremy T. Tudor. 
By the way, if you're also wondering where you can follow, like, comment, you can also find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. Just search for Jeremy Tudor. And on Instagram, oh, I already did that one, at Jeremy T. Tudor. Well, now you know it. lots and lots of times where to go. Twice is nice. Yes. Um, and so while many of you might listen to the podcast, because that is what a podcast is for, you can also watch each podcast episode on the YouTube. Search Jeremy Tudor, our career brand story to find us. Make sure that you smash the subscribe button and hit the like bell thing and something, something else. I don't know. There's like three things you're supposed you to like, do. Like, subscribe, you hit the notification bell. That's a lot of stuff going on. A lot a of lot. stuff. But please go do it. It would be so kind and so awesome to see you over in the YouTube world as well. And Christy, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at starry-eyed-b-i-e. Great. And um, Jeb, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at Jeb Graff, J-E-B-B-G-R-A-F-F. You can also find me on my website, jebgraff.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, make sure everyone, again, go to my Instagram at Jeremy T. Tudor and enter that amazing giveaway um, from Lauren Phoenix Designs. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and keep thriving. If you're interested in advertising your business on our podcast, we advertise for local and national companies. Contact McKay at careerbrandstory.com for more information. That's M-C-C-A-Y at careerbrandstory.com.